All right, folks, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Bucks of America podcast. We are live on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. So go ahead and drop a like, subscribe, and make sure you hit the notification button. And also go check out A3's Archery's uh, social media as well. Where can they find you real fast? Uh, we're on Facebook, uh, A3 Archery Custom Bowstrings, or on Instagram, A3 Archery. Perfect. I'm going to hit roll intro. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I spent like literally like four hours building it all custom made. I just grabbed pieces from all over the internet and put it together. And I'm glad it worked out for us. So anybody on YouTube and Instagram, or YouTube and uh, Facebook, got to hear the the introduction for it. So man, that's pretty badass. I was just sitting here listening to it going, man, that is pretty badass. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I just wanted to put, figure out a way to really get the heart rate going and what better than to be able to feel that energy coming through and driving out and getting set up and then you have the perfect shot and, ha and just uh, man it just worked out pretty good yeah, absolutely so brent how was your 2022 season ah not too bad uh, i've had better um first hunting season uh, on a new property so uh everybody knows we just moved to wisconsin uh a year ago and so learning the learning that the property learning how the deer move through the property um was was a pretty good task but uh but we were able to put three three deer in the freezer um i was just telling jeff uh first deer ever that i lost um this year i shot a nice buck um he ended up uh jumping in the river actually and and i didn't know this until this this past spring when we had a little bit of a flood uh but the buck actually uh was swept underneath a big log jam no kidding. And so uh, he actually floated up when we had the little flood come through the spring, uh, floated up and was actually hanging in a tree. So uh, we do have his antlers, but uh, but yeah. Well, at least you at least you're able to recover the animal at the end of the season. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know. And so, did your wife get out a chance to hunt, or does she? Or is she not? Uh... No, she's uh, she's not a big hunter. Okay. Uh, she likes to eat deer meat, but uh, she she doesn't like the the killing part. So. I gotcha. Yeah, I completely understand. My wife is now has gone into complete three target mode, and that's it. She has no ambition to go out hunting, and that's like I am not angry with that. It's like that's fine with me. You want to get out there, you want to enjoy the three aspect of it, and still shoot. It's like phenomenal. So now keep in mind, folks, we're here to take questions as well. So if you're commenting on Facebook, Instagram, or and YouTube, we'll be able to respond to any of the questions you guys have about A3 archery and anything that's going on this upcoming season. So my 2022 season was, was uh, busy. Sat tons of times. I had multiple opportunities. So every time I went out there, I, sat, I said a little prayer and I just asked the Lord to provide me an opportunity. Every time I said a prayer, he provided me an opportunity. Now it was up to me to take the shot. My first opportunity was back early October. Had a doe, walk out 25 yards, ranged everything down to it. And this is where my lesson came into play, is I didn't spend enough time at the range sighting in the broadhead with the, the sight to making sure that the travel, the flight path will be accurate. Because what ended up happening is like, doe comes out, full draw, put the pin on the heart, and the wind, or the, the arrow drifted forward. And so it hit it right in that brisket. And went complete pass through. So this was before I even saw, saw that happening because I've told the story a few times. 
But when she came out, when I, when I, knew, when I saw it go through her, it's like, oh yes, it happened so quickly. It's gonna be a, a really quick, easy find, quick kill, fantastic. When I come across the blood, it's like just blood everywhere. It's like, oh, this is like, this is fantastic. And recovered the arrow, called a buddy of mine. He showed up, we, we, his name's Ryan uh, Woodhouse. I'm not sure if he's gonna jump on the chat or not, but we went and he came out and helped me look for it. We spent hours looking for him. Then we called another backup. He came out, helped us look for it. We still couldn't find mm-hmm. it. Him and I attracted the deer over 300 yards. And we were coming up over different ridges and, and bounds, being here in the Driffles area. It's like, so if I hit her good, she's not going to want to run uphill. She's going to want to either, get, she's going to want to put distance between me and her and then get someplace to co- basically recover in, in her mind. In her, in her mind. Well, that wasn't the case. So like he came out, we, we, we really probed it. Remember we found blood, we, we put the uh, stick there. Walk a little bit further, found some more blood, and we just tracked all of it. We found really good blood consistently all throughout the place. But when we when we got done to it, she we, we tracked her to a pond. She managed to make through it, and we thought we lost her from that point because the blood all disappeared. That took us a few minutes to get around there, and we found found the blood again. She just jumped all up and around back and forth after the, the pond. And then she and then we find the last drop. It opens up to a wide open field. And it's like, anybody that's a hunter, you do not want to have that happen because it's like that deer can just go and just run. That's the thing. It's like they can go anywhere. Well, we thought she took off and went back in. Well, coming to find out, she took off up and out. So she went well over 400 yards and just kept on running. And so I I talked to uh, Matt from VIP, and he was telling me, it's like, based off where you shot her at, it's like, I've been in your shoes. She's going to survive. So it's like, all right. And... As Darren, Ryan, and I were just chit-chatting, we hear two coyote packs sound off in the distance. Well, somebody's going to be eating good, or she's going to survive the night. So we'll see what all happens after that. Then, after I got done hunting there, my friend from Toxinap, uh, Jeremy, he invited me to come up and hunt in his land. And so we went up there, spent a few days up there. Day one, or night one, I should say, sat there, said a little prayer. Here comes this beautiful looking doe. And then, but she had a fawn and tail. Then not even three minutes later, here comes a little spike come through. It's like, man, it's like, if she, go, if she goes into rut twice, it's like, I think we might want to keep her around. Mm-hmm. And she gave me, a, well, the, the, the mature doe, she, she, came, she came, checked the, the mock scrape, and just took off. And everybody else just kind of just trotted along and, and just kind of decided not to pull the trigger on, on any of those animals. And the following morning, we sat, nothing. Very cold, nothing. No, we figured like it, it dropped below freezing. We'd at least be able to get something up on their feet, but we had no movement, nothing on the cameras. So it is what it is. Mm-hmm. We just couldn't figure it out. We, we were playing the wind to our face because it's like the wind comes uh, northeasterly. So it's like all of his tree stands and ground blinds are all set up to, to work the wind in your favor. So no matter what you're doing, you have to purposely walk the opposite direction to blow your entire scent. We were walking. He's got 80, 80 acres of property. We we're walking all the way to the very back. That's where they're all bedded down at. That's where all the cedar trees are, just nice and thick. Really popular, really good place to, to hunker down from when the winter gets real nasty. Good water, good food, good, good location overall for the whole aspect. That following night, I had a forky come up. He walked up right in front of me. He gave me a broadside shot. I said my prayer prior to everything happening. He gave me an opportunity, and I decided to pass on it because it's like, well, we can't grow big bucks if we shoot small ones. And so we let him go. And that was pretty much the concluded the end of my hunt. But uh, a few days after I had left, come to find out we had a mama and two cubs walk no more than 80 yards from the stand I was sitting in. Oh, 
So awesome. that was a, a uh, eye opener there. But uh, the the night before I went back out there to shoot that shoot that fork that little forky, that was when I brought my my holster with me, a gun with me, because it's like I didn't know there was there's bear out here. And it's like, but it's Wisconsin, so you never know what's gonna happen. Sure enough, it's like I'm I'm glad I brought it in. And so it's like before I even came up here, I emptied out my magazine, switched to all uh, uh, full metal jackets, because like I want to put as many holes as possible. <laughs> but uh, nah, it is what it is. From there, we went ahead and uh, just called the quits for the season there. But his wife, uh, right during the rut, she managed to connect with the buck. Nice. Nice little, I think it was a four by four, I believe, okay. or like a four and three. It's just one of those ram things, but it's, uh, it was an older buck, so the, 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 the height wasn't there, but he's just thick and full of muscle and really good eating. Good. Nice. Uh, um, yeah, so. Do you want to walk through your hunt? Uh, well, you know, we can. I mean, most of them were, were pretty uneventful. I mean, we fortunate enough to live in a very rich target rich environment so mm -hmm. um, you know all the does i shot were uh, 15 to 20 yards you know pretty much chip shots um but uh yeah no i mean every one of them fell within within eyesight um except for the the one buck he, he took off running and went straight to the river but uh yeah no uh i got two does with the bow and then uh took the rifle out uh kind of end the season to put one more in the freezer oh uh, phenomenal so shot one with a 308 uh on a buddy of mine's property, so, um, but yeah, no, uh, you know, can't wait for season to, to kick off this year. We're putting a lot of food plots in the ground. We've, um, we've got about uh, 50 acres of, of agricultural corn that's, uh, that's planted, and then we've planted about another 15 to 20 acres of soybean, field peas, corn, okay. um, you know, stuff to let stand uh, for the deer, you know, through the winter. Uh, and then late July, we'll put in, uh, put in all our brassica mix, our turnips, our um, you know, sugar beets and stuff like that. So, you know, the thing, nice thing about hunting public land, I don't have any of that responsibility. I just got to walk out there and shoot. So I had a fun, ex fun experience this past, uh, so I live really right next to the, the Cooley experiment forest. It's 2,600 acres, just absolutely massive expanse, but it's, it's not easy land. It's up and down and it's big bowls, stuff like that. And 45 minutes before shooting light was over with, I just said like, well, hell, I'll go on out there. I'm only five minutes away. Wind was in the, the wind was my my favor. The thermals were my favor. I walk out, I'm probably walking about two three hundred yards in, and it's like, well, I'm not going to go too far because it's already getting dark. So it's like, well, you know, for S and Gs, I will just bleat. And sure enough, I bleated three times. And about five minutes later, I hear something walking through the forest. Nice basket six. <laughs> Gums within 30 yards, but where I'm hunting it, it has so much debris. There's no way I'd be able to stitch one in there. It would be, be a miracle on ice to be able to pull that shot off, but I decided not to try to risk something like that. So I just decided to just enjoy the moment and came back chasing the same high. But as, as we got closer to the rut, more and more people came out there. So it's like it became very awash to be honest. So now you have to go further and further and deeper into the woods to be able to find animals and such because it's like it's... You got the public land, then you got the private land right next to each other. Since like you, you, I walked that fence line to see where everything goes, where they possibly could bed. Because at this time, it's like I was bored. There was a, there was a, this is a couple sets into into November, and it's like, well, there's no people out here. Scents everywhere, so it's going to be. And then we got upcoming rifle season, so it's like I don't even touch the woods at that point in time. And I just walked through the whole thing. There's a lot of good spots in there, but it's like you needed to be in a saddle to be able to get up into it. I'm a ground and pound guy, so it's like I just don't feel I don't. I just I like to be able to be on the uh, level with them. It's just, it's a, it's a whole nother experience when you're the same level for them, and just, you could, you they can, you can feel them staring at you, but they don't know what it is. Just from a couple of seasons ago, I was in a 
a ground blind, or not even a ground blind, I was just backed up into the bushes. I had a doe walk in uh, seven, eight yards, and it just, the fact that it's like, it was so much fun trying to slowly reach my hand out there, inch by inch to grab the gun, grab my uh, bow, and still manage to, be, to draw on it, straight over the back. Complete clean miss, so it's like, you know, happens. And the worst part was that same day is the day I forgot my rangefinder 80 yards away from my, in my truck. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it is what it is. The how it all goes. So how is the A3 going, man? And I know you and Dirk have been just hammering it and pushing the brand and, and the, the strings everywhere. Yeah. So yeah, doing really, really well. Um, we're probably, you know, signing a new, a new pro shop or archery shop uh, somewhere in the country, at least one or two uh, per week right now. Um, so doing doing re- really well. We picked up our staff. Uh, finally got those guys uh, trained, onboarded. It's taken about eight weeks to get them uh, to where we're we're actually seeing uh, productivity lift. Uh, so our lead times are getting shorter. Um, but yeah, no, you just keep pounding, uh, keep putting putting quality bowstrings out there, and, and uh, you know, it just seems to you know Dirk helps a lot and I do a lot. But you know, we see a lot of organic growth. You know, people telling people. So uh, we just keep that going. So. That's exactly right. If it, wasn't, if it wasn't for Seth, I wouldn't be here the, today. But now it's that we've, our group of friends, we've, we just tell everybody to switch to it. And everybody has a very positive reaction to the, to, to the, the strings. Because I, I got the Incredible Hulk sitting right behind me here. And it, was, it, it took a while to put everything together. And it worked out flawlessly. But the first day, the first few, few arrows I put into it, drawing it back and you get, in, get anchored and it, you're feeling comfortable. It's like I've never felt so in control of my bow. I've shot probably three or four, four or five different strings over the last uh, decade or so, but this is by far the most is, has shown through the the highest quality that you can actually get out of them. And your process is so streamlined. You know, it's like once you once a guy has your strings on their bow, you they, they'll never switch to another string ever again. Just based based off of the pre cycle that you do. And then the pre-stretch that that comes hand in hand with the whole process. Yep. And the materials that, that we build with, um, we don't skimp on materials. You know, we we uh, bloodline material 452x. Uh, the serving materials that we use, we actually use a a serving called Boa Ice. It's actually made by Bloodline, and we use it even on the BCY products because it is just such a uh, stronger, better, tougher. You know, product. It's it's got the same coating that the Bloodline fiber has on it. Uh, it's got an HMPE core through the center of it, so it stays rounder, uh, which allows us to put more serving on the bowstring, uh, creating that more rounder profile. Um, but yeah, our process and and the materials that we build with are, you know, the best that you can buy. That's exactly right. So now, with you being so busy in the shop, because I know for a period of time there, your your daughter was sick for a period of time, and you had that backlog. Now you you said you brought in a couple new guys to mm-hmm. train up. I know a few a few months ago, I, I volunteered my time. I was like, hey, I'll come down and I'll come down and, and learn how to do it because it's just yeah, it'll give me a lead time because man, it's it's an hour drive to get here, but it's it's only like forty miles. Yeah. But it's like the way the it's the it's, way the crow flies. If you try to do it everywhere else, it's an hour drive to go half thirty miles, yep. just it's, because of the twists and turns and ups and downs and and the Amish and the Mennonites. It's like it's it is a a maze to get down here. Yep, sure is, sure is. Um, but yeah, uh, lead times are getting shorter. Um, we're at two and a half, three weeks right now uh, with the you know current sales from last week coming in. Um, so everything looks good uh, on that front. So we just keep pounding, you know, keep pounding. Um, you know, we, we hear some negativity. Oh, I had to wait three weeks for my bowstrings. Um, 
but then we hear from the same person a week later and they're like they're well worth the wait uh, so, so you know, just keep keeping that going, keeping quality, you know, is, is most important. That's why we started the company was uh, good quality bowstrings. That's that's the best philosophy to continue with because those are willing to wait. They're going, they're the expectation is going to blow you away when you when you finally get them on your bow. And you, we we talked off air last time when Skip was here, and we were discussing about how some people become a little little become a drama queen if they don't get their way. And it's like it's it's I've talked to uh, my buddy uh, Jeremy. From the talk snap and he was telling me like the, he's held a couple of those karens too it's like i just refuse to do do work with them just because they're just they're such a, a down person it's like i don't want to monkey with you it's like yeah. dude just leave me alone because you've all been in those situations where that, that customer is constantly begging you and begging you and knocking on your door and being annoying it's like dude i can only do i can only work as much as fast as possible as, as soon as things come right and, and what a lot of people don't understand is you know you get those people that want to hound you and they want to call you every day or every other day and send you emails and messages and text messages and it's like you're slowing my process down you know you're physically slowing me down because i have to answer your phone calls your emails your text messages yeah you know, it's like you know let us do our let us do our thing you're going to get some good quality bowstrings you know two and a half three weeks you're going to get them in your hand i mean you know, you mentioned, you know, word of mouth and, and that, that spreading. You know, if we look at our metrics, we have a 97.5% return customer base right now. That means 97.5% of our customers that bought strings three years ago, four years ago, five years ago, are still buying them today. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And that other 3.5%, 4% out there, we make up that and 2.5% is new customer base. Fantastic. So there's only a percent and a half that don't come back to us for whatever reason. Very true. Like so. for for me, I have two more bows in my house that I got to put strings on. One is for my elite, one's for my daughter's bow. And this way we're, we'll only be shooting any three strings because of the expectation. And I'm looking forward to, well, you and I, I'm not going to, I'm going to mention, well, my nice thing is I don't think my wife is watching this episode, but uh, I ordered her strings here back when you had the uh, 23% off deal and stuff like that. It's like, you know, I, to, I was talking to a few guys at the, the uh, Warren's uh, Sportsman's Alliance there, and it's like, hey, there, there's a deal. You got to take advantage of it when it comes around. And so I got strings on my bow. My wife's getting new strings. So if you're watching, sweetie, you're getting new strings. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> that was her That was her birthday present. It's like, as soon as it came, I just, just bought it. Because she says, like, I don't want anything for my birthday. It's like, bullshit, you're getting something. Yeah. That's a trap right there. Yeah, That's a trap. Do, damned if you don't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so this weekend, I went ahead and I, uh, we, we went shut archery on Saturday. And then we went ahead and I actually got her to upgrade to a thumb release. Oh. Yes. Nice. Yes. See, I, I, I gave her a hot shot. A true fire and a true ball. And the one she liked the most, the most comfortable, was the true ball. Okay. And so she's gotten forwards. But we, one thing we found out is that the shot that did put her last string on, they didn't put a knot in the serving above her, her diamond peep. Diamond peep is, used to be based out of Cody, Wyoming. But it's basically like this. It's literally a diamond peep. And it's designed to have uh, a iron sight. So this way you put your pin right in between the uprights, right in the middle, and then everything goes over the wall. We found out that we were playing around with it, that they didn't tie a knot into it. So it's like the, the peep would creep. Yep, shoot up the string. Exactly. And so she was flustering. But we found out after moving her to a thumb release, her shots became more consistent. Yep. Instead, of, instead of being fives and eights, it became eight and tens. Good. Yep. And so now it's just fixing the peep, and everything is just going to continue getting better from there. Yep, tens and twelves. That's that right. I mean, I was I was shooting all off. I was I was I've been shooting with my expedition. I've been shooting with the Hulk all for the last couple of months, 
And then I decided this weekend I was going to shoot with my Elite. But I've been shooting the hot shot. So the hot shot's a little bit thicker diameter and it messed with my entire game when I switched to my True Fire that I've been shooting for over almost a decade. It's the one I've been consistently shooting, but it's... Those, you know, depending on where the head's at on a, on a handheld, you know, it changes your point of impact. So, exactly. And that's... You know, longer head, where the head's swept at, it's, it, it does change your point of impact. Um, yeah. But I, I shoot carters, and the reason I shoot them is because I can go from a, a hinge release to a thumb button release, and they're all the same point of impact because the heads are all the same. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, no, it definitely, definitely mess you up. See, for me, it was the, it was the actual, the comfort of it. Because oh. it, it's like the, the diameter, because the True Fire... The, the forefinger that they have, the forefinger edge they have, it's actually a small diameter head and it's and then the grip, the handle itself is smaller. Now, if you shoot the, the hot shot, like the hookup I'm shooting, that I have behind us here, that's actually a thicker diameter. So it's actually designed for bigger hands yeah. and such. So actually switching the two, two different sizes is like, it actually messed with me enough where it's like, I put that back in my, in my, in my, uh, uh, wrist bag or my, uh, release bag and switch to my, um, uh, was what I'm for my hot shot, and I'm just I'm pounding tens. Good. I'm just shooting tens consistently because now I'm getting in there. I get my anchor point down, ready to rock and roll. And before I even showed up today, I like I looked homeless. So Saturday after we got done, after we got back home, we shot and we showered. I go to the wife. It's like, hey, I can go in right now and I can get a haircut. And lo and behold, I got lucky. I, I the stylist I work with had a husband that was an archer. So it's like everything, she was, she was able to understand my language and be able to put it all together because it's like when you grow a beard and it's like it's real long, it gets, it gets everywhere inside your release and such. So it's like, well, I got to tell her I need this a little bit thinner to match both sides, but I need to be more, more congruent. And so it worked out in my favor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so um, we have a, uh, so we do a fun on the farm shoot every year. I saw that. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know you guys did one because like I saw, I saw the advertising afterwards. Like, yeah. oh, so, I could've, we could have gone to that. So that's uh, uh, Art and Sue Strand. Um, they, they put on a phenomenal shoot. This was the second annual, uh, annual shoot they did. Uh, they asked us to join us, and, and so we, we walked the range, and, you know. Do you want to bring the mic this direction here? Because this way, because you're, 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 yep. you're talking this way, yep. so I figured yep. this would, this would catch the, your, your, your audio much better. Yep. So, um, so, yeah, awesome shoot. You know, I walked the range and, and talked to people, uh, you know, discussed with people, took pictures and stuff for, for socials. And, um, but, you know, we go back to the bowstring thing. It didn't matter. It, it, very, very few bowstrings that, that were being shot. It was, it was just funny to watch them correct their peep before they pull the bow back on every single target. And I just have to ask myself, why? Why, why do you do that? You know, it's, it's just you, you get up to the target, you know, you got a 45-yard target out in front of you, and you, you know, you're shooting for 12s because it's, it's a money shoot. Yeah. It, it, I think they gave out almost 1000 bucks to the top to the top place shooter. Wow. Uh, and, it, you know, you see this. Twist that peep before we pull the bow back, you know, and it's just like, this is why we why we started a3 you know we you shouldn't have to do that so yeah no it's uh but uh we also have a shoot coming up uh august uh third week of august we are uh gonna do that at a uh, a club called echo valley uh it's gonna be put on by the same people mr art and miss sue uh it is gonna be a benefit shoot so uh, we're reaching out to folks like cabello's and um 
Uh, I've reached out to Expedition Archery. I've reached out to, to some other people. Uh, so they're gracious enough to start giving us some products so we can do silent auctions. Uh, but all proceeds that are, that are raised uh, are gonna go to the American Family Children's Hospital down in Madison, so. Oh, phenomenal. That's, that's exciting news. Yep. You, you, have, you ta- have you reached out to Chris Ham yet and, and just started talking about I, like putting I, strings on, on his so, silent auction and vice versa? So we're going to put some bow strings on uh, Chris and Jake's bow, uh, bows. Um, we, just, we haven't got around to it yet, but, uh, but he's on the list of people to call. Uh, so as I, I get time, I'm, I'm calling and emailing folks to, to get some stuff on this silent auction. So it's going to be fun um, and it's going to be for, uh, for a very good cause. Oh, fantastic. And I, because I, I, the nice thing is with Chris, like everybody in his friends group, all of us pretty much shoot A3 rings, mm-hmm. A3 strings. So it's like he's going to, he's going to be shocked. They've got the R100 coming up in Sparta here. Uh, and the nice thing is I have the week, I'm off from the Thursday prior and I'm off all that ne- all that week. So it's like my vacation ends on the R100. So it's like oh. I couldn't plan it for better. Nice. We're, we're so looking forward. The only downside is my daughter can't make it this year because she shot it last year. She did, I think she did 25 targets overall, the 50 that we were able to attend. Yeah. So man, it's just, it's just a fun shoot. And the only downside, I don't know, I have no idea how hot it's going to be in the middle of July because if there's no wind, if anybody shot the, the Sparta, uh, gun club ill man it gets just muggy and swampy and it's like they're just just dead calm in there but usually you'll see uh dan mccarthy will be there he was there last year so there are some people that are able to stop and that is the i guess you want to almost call it the home field because reinhardt's based yeah. out of wisconsin so that's where they that's really that's a stop but i wish they would do it like in early in the season since it's not so hot right oh and then then iowa's not that far away and then i have some friends of mine that are on the on the board there at the Blackhawk Archers there down in Iowa, and it's like the rumor has it they might be able to pull the R100 to their field, oh. and they got a kid shoot coming up the last weekend of of July. Now you, that's also the same weekend as the uh, Beast Mode King of the Hill 3D one. So my wife wanted it's like which she I had to make her make her provide a direction on which way she wants to go with it because otherwise it's like well I'm gonna I want to shoot the Beast Mode because I shot last year and, it, and it's a lot of fun and it definitely lets you know how out of shape you truly are and uh, but it's fun though it's just absolutely a blast and then we have that one but geared toward the kids and it's like they have phenomenal camping. They have places where you can pull up a camper. They have cabins. They're only 10 minutes south of Waterloo, so it makes life very, very easy. And it's a very – the 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 inconsistent comments that I got from everybody that chooses, they didn't think they, – they, they were appreciative of the ones that we have up here. But I told them, like, you guys are literally a diamond in the rough in Iowa because you guys have tar- shots from 16 yards all the way out to over 100 yards. Oh, and they, the thing is, they still have more room to like, – they only have uh, 40 targets set up. They could easily fit 60 on average out there just wow. for an, an average person to go out there and shoot. But Reinhardt targets or morale targets, they get expensive. Oh, yeah. Oh, Absolutely. my man. Like, when you look at some of those um, – Dinosaur targets like three grand. You got Sasquatch; those are an easy two to three grand a piece. Yeah. Man, they just, they just go right there. But boy, it's fun though. I always have the running joke. It's like, look, it's, this is my cousin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, lots of lots of fun. Those shoots are, are blast. I think the last one I did was uh, I think it was in Sturbridge, Massachusetts. Actually, we we traveled up and shot and had some family come down and, and just had a blast. So yeah, a lot lot of fun. 
Well, if you're able to sneak away, if you want to come with me to math, we have, an, we, have a, we have a spot for you. We have an extra spot for an extra guy to come join us, too. All you do is just got to get to West Salem, and then I'll, we go the rest of the direction. Yeah, we, we've, got so <laughs> much, we've got so many things going on with, with the company, and uh, we, we've got a, uh, a trade show we're going to uh, in Kalamazoo, Michigan, end of July. Oh, looks like we got a question over there, too. Yep. Uh, what were the details on the benefit shoot? So uh, that is still being worked. We do know it's going to be third week of August um, here in uh, Viroqua, Wisconsin, uh, just outside of Viroqua. So uh, more details to come. Just stay tuned to our, our Facebook pages. I'll, I'll share with Jeff, and we'll get all that stuff ironed out. Um, but, yeah, just stay tuned. More info to come. So now you were talking, you have a, you have a trade show coming up. Mm-hmm. Yep, it is the... Uh, Mobile Expo Hunters. So, oh, yeah, I've seen those mobile, guys. Mobile Hunters Expo. Yeah, um, they were just in Tennessee. Yep, they were just in Chattanooga, going to be in Kalamazoo, Michigan, um, in uh, the, the last week of, uh, of July. So uh, we're going there. We're going to... Um, we're going to be their featured product there so uh, there's going to be some seminars some talks and stuff like that and then we're, we we've got a, a small small hand in our portion of the film festival so so lots of fun awesome so are you guys going to go because the iowa's the last stop are you guys going to nope we're going to go kalamazoo and, and that's going to be our that's going to kind of be our show for the year um so we, we look forward to it look forward to meeting you know new, new customers new vendors uh should be a lot of fun Sure, that sounds like a blast then. No, because I know you guys don't do a whole lot of uh, trade shows. Now, are you, are, is that because you don't need to, or is this that it's not, their ROI is not there? No, you know, the ROI, you know, even if it's a small piece, it's, it's worth it. Um, but growing a company, being a, being a, you know, my wife and I started this company and we're the ones that still work here. So anytime we pull one of, or both of us out of here, it, it, it hurts production. So, um, but by hiring a couple couple people and getting those guys trained, it kind of gives us the ability to start going to some of these trade shows. So for sure, um, the big the big one we hit every year is, is ATA. Um, ATA was a lot of fun this year. Um, you know, I went and uh, worked with Skip at his booth and uh, and Mark with Bloodline at his booth. So I kind of bounced back and forth a little bit. Uh, but yeah, ATA is always a, a whole lot of fun. Oh, for sure. Next one on top of that, like for the Midwest, is the Iowa Deer Classic. I mean, that's got over 300 exhibitors, and it's you always get to see some innovation there too as well. If you, I've gone to the Dells this year, and it felt like I was just going to a uh, farm sale. They just had a bunch of farm equipment on there and some of that, and it, or just a bunch of uh, folks that are doing um, uh, outfitter hunts. Right. Well, this year I happened to get lucky. Now, for those who follow me, I have I did a podcast with uh, Brian Sparks and Travis Bigger with Bigger Bucks Outdoors out of Illinois. Well, I didn't think I was going to win. So I said, well, I want a new cup. And it's like, and so I went ahead and I paid 40 bucks for the new cup. And then I also got 20 tickets in there, threw them on there. And then all of a sudden I get tagged in a, in a video. I was like, I won. I was like, what? I won? <laughs> it's like, this is awesome. It's like, yeah. I get to go down to Illinois. So it's like this, this fall, I get to go down to Illinois for a guided hunt down there uh, on their eight, 9,000 uh, oh, acre wow. property all free range so it's that's a, it's all low fence so it's like it's just all open farmland in illinois so i'm pretty excited about that so 460 bucks i'm not too bad or i'm not too angry about that it's a lot easier than trying to win a hunt down in iowa right yep absolutely and you know what lucky you man because i have never won anything that's my thoughts too it's like i wasn't thinking but ever since i met my wife i've been able to win a little more frequently than i used to so which was always pretty cool uh but she's got this specific fold, and like when we were going through our engagement and such, we would go to these different uh, fundraisers, and, and we would get, we would win. 
it was crazy. Like like this ring right here, fifty bucks for this ring. Normally retails like three, four hundred bucks. So it's like, oh, we got we got a whole bunch of RAM things for free. It's like we just couldn't believe the luck that was coming our direction. So it's like, well, you know, we got pretty blessed on that aspect. Yeah. Yep. Now, do you have any um, do you have any bucket hunts you got coming up and that you want to do in the next couple of years? Because I know you've been grinding. You and the wife have been grinding really hard. So like, once you find yourself a a, a, a uh, an opportunity. Where are you going to go? You know, bucket list for me has always been the Brooks Range. Oh, man. Yeah. Go there for elk or cow, caribou or both? Both. Yep. Yeah. I like to do both. So. Uh, meat, likewise, too. We were, it's funny, we we're talking to, who was it? It was this past weekend, or this past week. We were talking about, I think it was, she, my wife was talking to somebody from work, and it's like usually your halfway point in life is when you hit 36, 37, because the average lifespan is about 72 years old. It's like, man, that really kind of kind of hits home to like, where do, you, where do I want to go next, you know? Mm-hmm. What do I want to do next? So it's like, well, I need to just, I have just reach out to my friends, like, hey, let's go do something. So I have a friend, Ben, from uh, Sodak Horizons there. I, I, I asked him, it's like, hey, I, I, I want to join you on this hunt. It's like, I'll work my ass off to, to provide some type of an opportunity for you. So even if I can't call, I'll gladly haul that stuff out of there. Just the fact that he got drawn one of 40 for archery tag for a cow elk out there in the Black Hills is like, dude, I will figure it out. And if I have to, and if I have to take a few days off for unpaid, I will figure it out. Yeah, that, Just, that is a good hunt. The Black Hills, that's a beautiful, some beautiful country. Have, have you, you uh, well, you've, you've had to drive through there when you moved from? The West Coast to the Midwest. Yeah, we've also done uh, 3D uh, shoots there. We had a tack event uh, in the in the Black Hills there in Leeds. So yeah, no, we we've been through there uh, quite a bit. Oh man, it's, I have a uncle that lives in out in Rapid City. That's where you get the elk and you get the antelope and the mule deer and such. So they're all over the place. Or he goes up to Pierre, South Dakota for antelope up there as well. He got he got a couple of tags for that. So hopefully this year, knock on wood. I'm surprised it's like their daughter's almost. It will be she's six months. I'm 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 surprised I haven't got a message. It's like hey. Guess what? We're, we got baby number four coming. <laughs> he, he told me her, her, their aspirations to go from three to, from zero to six. So I was like, all right, you gotta, gotta, gotta get on that clock there. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Oh man, I, I, six kids, like one's enough. Okay. Well, we have two and two's enough. So. Is that something? So now, do your kids start shooting archery yet or not? Yeah, yeah. so uh, my oldest, uh, she is uh, nine now. Uh, she was, I think it's her third birthday or coming up to her third birthday if she asked for a bow. So she's been shooting since three. Fantastic. We, yeah, my daughter started shooting about four and then we, and then last year we upgraded and dude, I couldn't believe it. She grew three inches and an inch and a half draw length on top of that. So it's like, it was just like, wow. Cause we were, we were, we went to a shoot and I'm watching her, her bunching up her elbows like, we're going to stop. I just told her, I was like, don't shoot anymore because I want you developing bad habits. So it's like, we're just going to put a, put a pin in this. Went up there, worked on the Incredible Hulk, got that taken care of. And we, we, we worked with Jeremy and uh, his wife, Becky. Those two, it's like sometimes kids don't always listen to their parents. So it's like, well, you know, an outside voice could actually be a benefit for them. So sure enough, they listened and she listened and worked all together. So it's a fantastic opportunity for her. And we, we even, he even showed her how to properly draw with the wrist release. Cause it's like I always told, told her to put her finger behind the trigger just to kind of as a safety precaution. Well, then he told her to bring her index finger, bring her over on top of it, and then just and she just follows suit and she's drawn back without any issues, yep. not any not being not being scared about if the, the, an accidental uh, discharge. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So my youngest now has my oldest is old bow. Um, she's uh, she's six, so she's she's shooting now. So yeah. 
yeah, with a whole family of archers. My wife shoots, uh, so we all, yeah, we all have fun with it. So now, do you, now for your for all, for your own uh, pleasure, do you do you actually get a chance to cut your own arrows and fletch them, or right. do you do you outsource that? Nope, nope. We I do all the all the work here in house. Um, you know, so prior to moving to Wisconsin, we actually had a pro shop in Washington State. True, that's correct. Um, so yeah, we still have all the tooling, you know, all saws, and you know, I've got a. Uh, a lazy Susan with bits and burgers on it, so we can sit there and you know do six errors at a time. So makes life a little easy. Yeah, no kidding. That's what I found out too. It's like having three of us shooting the house. Like it's expensive yeah, real fast. Yeah. So I I we built I built a customized uh, a cutting saw with a Dremel tool and stuff like that. And my buddy Travis uh, Ragstad from uh, Dangler Case, he's like. Please tell me you, you squared your arrows like, yes, I did. The only thing is I didn't realize I didn't do is on one of the arrows, I missed cleaning the inside of it out. So when we shot the Swamp 40, last second to last target, I buried it in there and I pull it out. I was like, oh, I am missing the insert. Apparently, the, I put enough glue on there. It just it did, obviously, the... Yeah, I didn't hear as, as much as I thought it would. So, eh, you know, you live and learn. So the nice thing is inserts are fairly cheap. Yeah. So, but it's like I just, I, I, I shot to my first half dozen of victory. I was very impressed about the, this finish they put on it for, even for their, because it's like the shields, they, mm -hmm. they switched, shields went from Black Eagle to um, victory. And I was like, that finish on it was really nice. I didn't have to worry about putting any arrow lube on it at all. Yep, I've been hearing really good things about them. So yeah, no, we, uh, I, I currently shoot Black Eagle, but uh, always open to look at a different arrow. So, um, but yeah, I may have to give them a shot. Yeah, I was very because I've I've used to start off with Bloodsport just because I wanted something ch cheap and easy to shoot. Well, then I when I shot my buck, it broke off. So it's like, well, time to get some new ones. So I upgraded to the Maxima Reds, and then I went, then I upgraded the Maxima Red SDs. Now it's like I'm not think I'm. A, I don't know if I'm gonna stick with the the point one six six diameter. It's it's it's, it's fun. It's, it's very extremely accurate. That's the upside about it. But it's you have to buy so much stuff that's more. What I'm looking for custom to that because it's like now your price tag goes up a little bit more on that. Uh, and you have to change up the. Uh, oh, it's what's that? What's up, Jeff? How's it going? I can't. What's that? Uh, that. Larson guy? Oh, yeah, that's from uh, um, Chase, uh, well, not Chase Outdoors. Yeah, well, him and I talk quite frequently. He's got a really good um, selection. We talk uh, whiskey. Okay. We, yeah. we talk a lot about um, uh, cigars. Oh. You, he, I saw him and took a picture. He was out shooting last, or was it last week or the weekend before? He had a, took a picture of a glass of whiskey and a cigar. And it's, I know it's not you, it's Christian, but uh, yes, Larson, but uh, Christian showed me his picture of uh, whiskey and, and it's like, I, I wasn't sure what the whiskey, what the uh, cigar was and it was a uh, Deadwood. They're based out of El Salvador, I think. Don't quote me on it. But then I, he asked him which one it is and it's like, oh, it's, uh, uh, he told me it was Deadwood. And it's like, is that the, the Fat Betty? And it's like, Fat Bottom Betty? It's like, oh yes. It's like, fantastic cigar. It's, and it's, and it's the size of it, it's the thickness of a turbo, but not the length. Okay. Solid smoke, good flavor. And that was Jeremy that turned me on from from, from a toxin app. Okay. Yeah, Jeremy's, uh, Jeremy's been buying a bunch of bowstrings here lately, so uh, business, I know. business must be good for, for, uh, for his shop. It's, 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 it's uh, keeping the lights on, essentially. It's not to, it's, it's one of those things where it's like a New Auburn, I don't know if you haven't been up there yet, but New Auburn's only like maybe 500 people. Sure. So it's, it's, a little, it's a little bit of a struggle. So it's like, we'll see what all happens with it, but he's been really focusing heavily on, on the Toxin app and getting out there. But I talked to the guys, Jeff and, um, oh, what's, what's his business? Efron. Jeff and Efron from the Mountain Arch, or the 
Western Hunt Fest. Yep. They got theirs coming up. Literally, they have their, their, that, that event comes up in a nine day. It's the same week as Mount Archer Fest and Beaver. And it's like, if I was the one driving, that's like, I would definitely go swing by and say hi to those guys because we can sh- get done shooting there and we can be, well, I, don't, I wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't uh, say that we'd be able to be there on the same day on Sunday just because of how far apart it is. But it'd be nice to hang out and sit, talk to those guys. Then a couple weeks ago, I had Hunt Wallet on the podcast. Mm-hmm. That app is pretty cool. Have you? Ever, it's like I don't know if you had a chance to play I, around I with it. I haven't had a chance to play with it yet. No, I haven't. So, so the some of the key factors are like it allows you to keep track of all your points mm-hmm. from all your different states. Has all of the the hunting guides in there, all the brochures. So that really helps have everything in one location. And then you splash in the opportunity to be able to put your gear in there. And you actually put date stamps in. It. And we talked about some key things that were were kind of eye opening. Like one, it's like replacement your batteries in your in your head in your uh what the heck am i talking about here headlight, headlight yeah because that happened to me when i shot that doe my headlight died and i had to all use my phone and i'm watching the time the the, the percentage tick down it's like and after that conversation i went through all of my headlights replaced all the batteries no matter because i can't remember how old some of them are yeah no um uh, but having good gear too so you know headlights or something i don't skimp on i buy the what are they Petzl. I may be pronouncing it wrong, but um, we go, you know, Montana hunting 12, 13, 14 days at a time, and I don't ever have to change my batteries. Um, so they run for, for a couple weeks. You know, we run them pretty much every night. So, um, but yeah, no, change batteries and headlights, that's for sure. Uh, but if you guys haven't checked out the Toxin app, uh, Toxin app is awesome. It's got all your, Jeff can tell you more, but it's got all your, you know, where your shops are at, where your shoots are at. It's a great, uh, great resource. Um, I have played with that app. So yeah, exactly. And he's he put some time into figuring out building building your your specs on your bow and, and getting your FOC and all that fun stuff. He's put a lot of energy into it. Now he's just trying to figure out a way to build in the community aspect of it and such. And so there's a lot of opportunities from it. Uh, I had uh, with it too. It's like you can find the R100 shoots in there. You can find the HJUSA, the Beast Mode. Uh, math in there I, th- I believe tack is in there too don't quote me on it but i believe tack is in there as well yep. so he's done a really good job of making sure he gets all the key ones and he also has push notifications so that's nice too so when you so based off of your gps they'll let you know what's going on in your area so this way then you can be able to figure out what you want to do and how far you want to travel especially here in the midwest we have a lot of opportunities except for when you get to it's weird because after the mississippi it kind of dies down for the amount of clubs you can shoot you got a few in Minnesota, a few in Iowa, and then you get into South Dakota, it's like, good luck. Because yeah. it's just, it's, it's basically, it's its own three target range. You just got to have the targets to shoot. Uh, what else? So now you have, you're currently running a promotion with PTSD. Yep. So what, what got you motiv- behi- motivated behind PTSD? You know, we have family, we have employees, we have friends uh, that suffer from PTSD. Uh, so it is, it is truly something that uh, hits home to us, uh, something that a lot of people need to be aware with. Um, you know, it's not, it's not the, the traumatic experience that you went through. Uh, it's how your brain processes it, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, being aware that people do have uh, issues and, you know, just supporting them. You know, so that's that's our main driver. Um, we do have a, a group down in Texas, uh, Veterans Creed Outdoor. Uh, they they have some chapters in other states. I think they, they're touching six or seven states uh, that we're going to do something fun with uh, after this month. We'll, we'll look at the proceeds uh, from the uh, from the people who use that uh, promo code, and then we'll we'll you know do some bowstrings and maybe some other fun stuff for their 
annual gala coming up. So, yeah. And now uh, just to recap on it. So it's PTSD all capitalized for the, for, for the mm-hmm. 15% of discount. Yep. Good. There yep. you go, folks. Yeah. So now one thing that is commonly said in the HJUSA podcast with Chris is like, everybody's gone through a nine 11. You just don't know what it is. And it is like, uh, a friend, a guy, that's a friend of mine on the bed on the podcast, Al Quackenbush. He was there for or for the Las Vegas shooting. Um, my 9-11 was my son dying in a car accident. So everybody can relate to PTSD in some way or another, and, and you are hit it around the uh, around the head on how you go through and process it because it's like for some folks they're able to like they're able to get past it rather quickly, or they'll compartmentalize and then they'll fester and go from there. Yep. Retreat Sportsman's Club, August 13th. Yep, that's Quentin. Uh, that's uh, Art and Sue's son there. So uh, Retreat Sportsman's Club, guys, August 13th, the weekend of. Uh, that is the benefit shoot date. So Okay, all right yep. then. And so then and also for those who are watching too, you got the HHA USA uh, shoot coming up on July 8th and 9th. That will be an Tomo Warren shoot there. That is That used to be the kickoff point, so I'm not quite sure what's going to happen if that's going to maintain the same thing. Uh, Okay, 40 knives. Hi. Let's see here. But th- that one right there has been a staple in the area for it, and I'm going to be there. A bunch of other folks are going to be there at the Tomo Warren shoot. So it's a, one of those things that pulls a lot of people from Minnesota and Iowa that come up to it, and even some people from all the way from uh, down into Illinois. Usually, traditionally, it's been the first shoot of the season, and it's great because it's like when we do it in May, absolutely gorgeous. And then a few weeks ago, back at the end of April, we did the HJ Mission 25. I believe that's when that one was. But that was in Verona, Wisconsin. That one was, was a huge hit. We had Tyrell Basin with the endurance race from, from Beast Mode. Then we had the 3D shoot there in Verona. at uh, what's, I can't remember the name of the club of it. But they also brought in skeet shooting. Oh, yeah, they brought in six, there were 60 shooters there that came in all over the country from Texas, Iowa, uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin. And 60 people was pretty impressive for the first yeah. one. And I was talking to one of the guys there at the uh, Tower Basin because he had, um, oh, what's, I can't remember the gentleman's name. I know I could see it on the top of my head and the tip of my tongue here, but what it was, he was, a, he was on um, the, what was it, was, he was on uh, America's Got Talent. Yeah, I think it was, it was one of those TV shows that he was—he managed to make it to one of the finalists and such. And he, Chris Cruzy, there we go, Chris Cruzy, Cruzy, excuse me. He was there performing, awesome live, knows how to handle a crowd, very entertaining, solid voice. You can also listen to his podcast on HJUSA's podcast there too. It was a couple weeks back and such. And while I was there, I talked to a gentleman that came out from Indiana, and he says it's like he shoots traps so competitively his guns like four or five grand he's got four or five grand wrapped up in just chokes alone wow. and it's like you have you have no i had no idea how involved it is and then now i have a cousin third cousin of mine he's down in iowa he shoots down he's uh 15 14 he's down there shooting pretty well he's he, he gets the 18 out of 20 20 out of 20 if he's really trying so it's like he's hopefully uh he's talking about upgrading his over under to see how that all goes from there to a new 12 gauge and and dirk dropped by so hey dirk hey dirk um yeah and we thought archer was expensive right oh no kidding 
<laughs> the thing is, like, I've looked, I've looked at into reloading and such, but when it comes down to 12 gauge, 20 gauges, it's just cheaper just to go buy new rounds. Yep. Doing ammunition, it's like, it's unless you're moving into 308s or 306s, you're not really seeing a price break. No, no, I used to shoot competitive uh, USP PSA shoots, you know, handgun, uh, mm -hmm. three gun, stuff like that. And, you know, it, it's definitely cheaper to buy factory ammo if it's just a hobby. Did that? That's exactly right. If, now, if you're shooting as competitive, you you're going to do the match grade. You're going to go the extra mile to figure out like, well, it shoots this setter ammunition. This grain shoots really good at this humidity at this altitude. Yep, we have, you know I've still got all that stuff figured out, wrote on paper. But you know I've I've since quit uh, shooting USPSA just due to the time and putting my times other places. But uh, yeah, a lot lot of fun. Uh, we actually have a guy um, that is uh, just just got some bowstrings. He actually won the, I think it's his. 10th world record in speed shooting USPSA. No uh, kidding. Skill challenge. Yeah, he's a world record holder. Um, yeah, awesome, awesome guy. No kidding. That's pretty impressive. Um, what is it? Which is close to us here, if you go up to Holman, they have a three-gun. They do three-gun up there too as well. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. So if you haven't tried it, uh, you know, you, you find a club that has it. You know, a lot of them will let you go, you know, try the sport before you spend the money on it. So, yeah. Oh, definitely, because you, you, when you get into competitive modes like that, I shoot the uh, the X5 Legion 9mm, and that, that, SIGs, that was SIGs entry-level, out-of-the-box, ready to go for tournament edition. Mm -hmm. And now it's won two world championships, so it's like it's a very nice gun. I, I, I tell you what, I, it's like when you shoot it, it's like I understand why this has won two world champions. It's a very smooth, especially when it, right out of the box, it gives you a 14 and 12-pound uh, spring. It's like that is a nice combination to be able to switch in between the two of them. I rock the 14 just because it's like that. That's my my target acquisition is so much quicker yeah yeah uh, i guess when i was shooting uh, and i still I still have my race gun but uh it was a smith and wesson uh, combat long slide um kind of custom we did a, a custom ported uh barrel uh ported slide um you know flat flare magwell the whole nine yard extended magazines um but yeah it was it's it's a good gun so but i think i was running about a six pound disconnect wow so that's quick yeah so to jump ship then so like what was your fastest time uh you know i didn't do much on the steel plate challenge uh but single gun uspsa shoe stuff um we uh i think i did my best was 32 pieces of cardboard uh, double tapped and two pieces of steel in like 32 seconds wow that's still ridiculously fast i will not want to fight you in a, in a, in a, in a gun battle at there you know you know you know shooting a gun just like shooting archery if you don't if you don't use it you lose it it is a uh, uh, what what I want to say, uh, you know, one of those things that you know it it takes practice, it takes time. Um, so yeah, if you're uh, if you don't use it, you're gonna lose it. And I I have been out of practice for some time. Yeah, uh, Dirk sent put in the, the the chat there. Modern Spartan Systems like I don't know this one. Yeah, and obviously. Oh, it looks like this they deal with gun lube and everything else. So yeah. that's pretty sweet. From cleaners to lubes to everything. Uh, great, great product. That is pretty sweet. I even I forgot they did the uh, the fishing, uh, fishing you know real lube and stuff like that. But yeah, great stuff. Yeah, they did. That's a good combination to have there for that whole whole aspect there. Yeah, I'll to, I know I need to get uh, my guns cleaned out. I haven't shot. I haven't shot this year alone. Usually, I, I try to go out at least a couple times. And my my buddy now has got into three D printing, mm -hmm. and he is now starting to print three uh, uh, D lowers and stuff like that. Okay. And, and it's it's a it's a good it's a good hobby, but it's like 
When you when you when you need it when it's life or death, it's like I'm still have to go with aluminum. Yeah, I'm still gonna shoot my factory. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what do you what's your what's your carry gun of choice? Uh, my carry gun of choice would be the uh, I like the P320C. Mm-hmm. Double stack, 15. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very comfortable for my hands. I got a big hand, so it's mm-hmm. like the comfortability comes in the grip. Uh, my second choice would come be a, the Smith & Wesson 2.0. Mm-hmm. That feels very comfortable, and yep. having that two-stage uh, safety is pretty nice. Yep. So, I'm, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I shoot the Shield 2.0. Uh, that's my my carry gun of choice. Um, I guess second up would be the XDS. Oh, that's uh, a solid one, too. That's yeah. I like the 40 cal now. It's got great, great balance and, and uh, great uh, target acquisition, for, at least for me, from my, from my experience with it. You know, I can sit, you know, in one whole group with it. That, that XDS is just a super accurate gun. Um, yeah, I mean, when I, when I say one whole group, we can put 50 out of 50 in the same hole. Mm-hmm. Um, super accurate out of the box. So, yeah. Now, when it comes down to ammunition, what do you, what do you, do you, do you, do you prefer your own match grade or do you have a manufacturer that you prefer over everybody else? You know, I've been uh, I've been shooting Fiaci. I've been having really good luck with Fiaci. You know, just getting a uh, just a straight full metal jacket for targets. You know, um, I guess for personal defense, I just run the Hornady. Uh, I think they're self defense rounds. The, the Hornady self defense. Um, never had to use them, so I couldn't tell you other than practicing how they how they do. So <laughs> I'm the same. I use the. Uh... I think it's G2 or G4, 147 grain. It's the what the cops use uh, around here and stuff like that. And I, I, it's in in uh, practice they perform extremely well. I have not had to use them in real life. Knock on wood. So I don't hope I never have to use it. But that's one. Or I traditionally stick with um, Winchester. Mm-hmm. Winchester just has always been a, very consistent for me over the last. 30 years of shooting yeah, and i can tell you you know just if you want something to plink with you find a, the remington full metal jackets on sale that's a great mm-hmm. just another great round i mean i've never had you know any you know squib loads or any any no, nothing has happened with with those rounds uh, and i've shot thousands and thousands of them so correct yeah, yeah. my if i'm shooting 22 I, cci has always been my go-to if i'm if i'm going out there hunting a cci they shoot consistently the price point's very yep. competitive and it's just they have a really good consistency when it comes down to their their quality that they really come out of the factory mm-hmm. yep i would agree I, it's all i use in, in my 17 hmr is a, is a ccis and yeah they're phenomenal that's that. If I didn't put all the money in this bow, I would, would, that would have been my next uh, long gun. Is the is a nice uh, bull barrel 17. Mm-hmm. But now, getting since we're still talking on guns, so a few weeks back, a few actually a few months back, my brother-in-law hits me up. and like, hey, got some family guns here that I want. I want. I want you to put, keep these in your in your uh, family. And so my aunt and uncle or uncles they called my sister out they she went out there and they were going through all of my grandma's stuff and and from storage and they just started to stop pay, paying on it and luckily he was there he happened to scan the room he saw all this tall cylindrical carpet essentially all wrapped up in there and come to find out there was five firearms in there so there was a side-by-side 12 mm-hmm. that is my great great grandfather's and it wasn't a stagecoach gun. It was its full long barrel, full choke, or the full length barrel, side by side, and it actually still works. The brakes still it works. I'm not going to shoot it, but it's I'm turning that we're going to turn that into a really nice uh, decorative piece. Yeah. Then it came with three 22s, two Winchesters, like the the 22 270s mm-hmm. or whatever those those um, children's uh, youth guns. Yeah. Then we had a oh I can't remember the it's an Allen Clint Allen or something. It, don't quote me on the name of it, but it's like the company went out of business in 1915. So the gun's at least 100 years old. Uh, wow. And then we have an Ithaca uh, 20 gauge okay. with a patent pending 
uh, from Wasika, Minnesota, choke on it. And it was, it's, it was, it's a bird gun, essentially. But it's, it's so cool because it's like I've never seen an, uh, an Ithaca. Or you've, you're probably familiar with them where, where everything you load and eject from, from the down port. Yep. Yeah, my dad said he wants that. I was like, no, nah, I'm going to hold on to that yeah, one here. You better hold on to that one. Yeah, so as soon as I got them all, wife took, we took pictures of the serial numbers and, and took enough pictures, sent them on to our, our insurance company. So this way they're all insured because it's like these are family heirlooms, never going to get replaced again. Yeah, yeah, you need to get a, you know, get a value put on them. Yeah, that's, that's our next thing. But yeah. well, get, my, get you a good copy of the gun Bible or, or one of the other ones and get you because they break it down every year what what guns are, are worth and in, in what conditions that they are I've, I've i haven't bought a gun bible in a while but those are the ones to have i bought one for my uncle or yeah for my uncle because he had he had a, a a wide variety of um guns over the years from the military and such so i was like well here you can this would as a gift as a christmas gift here you go you can have this because it's like you have enough guns to actually have this be valuable to you so you can go through everything like that yeah so yeah it was pretty it was pretty impressive but what my brother-in-law impressed me the most was he took the time and him and his dad sat down. They cleaned the action. They cleaned the bolts. Mm. They cleaned everything to just to get ready to rock and roll, to fire off. Mm. So it was, it was pretty neat. And they even went through one step further and uh, made sure all the blue, they, they, didn't, they didn't go through the bluing, but they, they gave us opportunity or options to restaining the, uh, uh, I think it's the 20 gauge still has a wood stock and then the double barrel has a wood stock to it as well. Yeah. That's uh, nice to get get those old guns and get keep them in the family. Yeah, it's like I'd ask my dad the stories behind some of them because he's 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 the only one that's still around that actually has the the details behind him and such. Yeah. For being seventy years old, he's still quite uh, sharp as a tack. We had his seventieth uh, birthday here Memorial Day weekend, and uh, the, his we buddy of mine, the co-host, we try to figure we, we start playing back in January. It's like, well, so what do you, uh, like all the details and all stuff like that. And so we came up like, well, it happens if it's raining or if it's, or if it's uh, uh, sunny outside. So we had two options for that. We decided just to go, we'll just bring the food and water. Cause in this way, then everybody else can bring their own beer and then make life easier for themselves. Cause it's like, that's just gets really expensive to bring on a keg. And it's like, it's just, plus the more the weekend sheriffs are always coming through town. So it's like, we don't want to at risk anybody getting a DUI. Yeah. And so, yeah, we had 70, 80 people. I mean, he had a busy, busy week, essentially. It's like, I think there wasn't one day that he didn't have at least one beer. Oh. <laughs> and then I introduced him to uh, Curveball. It's a Wisconsin barbecue bur uh, beer or whiskey. And uh, my friend Ryan came in clutch and he picked up a bottle for him for, for his birthday. Nice, nice. I, I, I'll have to try that one. I haven't haven't tried it. It is, it is, it definitely throws you for loop for how tasty it is. The colder it is, the better off you are. It's, it's kind of like a fireball. Okay. But no, nowhere nasty as fireball. No. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, curveball. I have to give it a shot. Exactly. And looks like uh, Dirk sent us another one here to check out. Duty Coyote. Yeah, Duty Coyote's kind of like a a, a Cerakote almost. Um, we'll get some details on here on it, but. Uh, I want to say it's a thinner, uh, easier application. So cutting edge nano ceramic formula. Got a bunch of different, uh, I look at that. You got all kinds of different pretty ways to make your gun look nice and pretty. Mm -hmm. Well, this is in the, in, the, in the link there, so people can go check it out. Oh, look at that, you have firearm stuff, or archery stuff in there too. Just got the grip, wet grip, true grip. All right, out the. I'm not sure what the what the what those what the grip and the guides are for. For that must be something that you can add to your your brace or something. 
no heat needed. Oh, that's that's uh, definitely cutting edge right there. Because typically you need to have to put it in a kiln and fire yeah, it. They have to dry it and yeah, bake it. Yep. Uh, I haven't played with it, but it's been something that's uh, kind of on my want to play with. You know, list of list of products out there. So there's always so much fun stuff. Dirk always has his uh, fingers on the pulse on what's coming, what's going on. So you any 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 questions in there on the Instagram? I'm no. double check. YouTube, nothing on YouTube. Now, uh, so coming into this summer here, so now are you still accepting pro staff or is that, are you and Dan put a close on that? Nope, still accepting uh, our, our staff. We, we don't call it pro staff, we're just our field staff. Um, still accepting, uh, looking at, you know, looking at people's resumes, looking at uh, who they are. Um, you know, we, we want to build a good solid staff, uh, you know, this year. Uh, we have a solid staff already. We're just trying to add to it, uh, beef beef it up a little bit. I should uh, send my re- I should, should send my resume to to Dan as well, cause yeah, yeah if it wasn't I, I uh, Seth again, he told me it's like, hey, you should you should go and apply for Lakewood for talk to Sarah. It's like, all right, all right, I'll do it. And so I put all the information, put in my resume, put all my socials in there, all my the podcast count and such. And uh, come Christmas time, I get an email. It's like, hey, you've been approved, nice. and it's like, what? This is awesome. It's like I've already been shooting their products for quite a few years anyway, so it's like it was just kind of a, a jump in the right direction. Good. Yeah, I know you've been pushing that product for, for a long time, though. But, you know, Lakewood makes a great product. Uh, hands down, probably one of the better cases out there. It know? is. Uh, so, yeah, if you, you haven't looked at Lakewood, look at Lakewood uh, for sure. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, field staff, you know, feel free to uh, email Dan at a3archery.com if you're interested. Um, you know, we'll look, look, you know, go in there, you know, uh, include your socials, you know, if it's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, uh, we're going to go, you know, take a look at your profiles. We're going to look and see kind of where you're at social. Um, and, and we go from there. So how active you are in archery and, and such. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're just looking for really, really good, solid people. Now, did you shut down your, I don't know if you still ran the TikTok for A3 or if Dirk did, but I see that like, anytime I tag your it's, it just comes up with the blank username and just a bunch of numbers. Yep, yep. So uh, we tried to go the TikTok, TikTok route, but... Uh, Too many community guidelines? Not even that. I just don't have the bandwidth to mess with it. Ah, I, I got gotcha. you. You know, you're, you're talking about starting from nothing and, and building another social platform, and I just don't have the... Again, just the bandwidth. I, I, I dump everything into into A three and building bowstrings every day. So uh, I got you. I got you. Well, I was gonna. I was gonna. I'll, once we hit. Uh, once we stop talking, I have a couple of ways to you could do, you to continue growing it by chance. The only downside with like with uh, uh, Instagram not. and stuff like that, you I'll get these random bots mm-hmm. that are just they're just ads for for only fans or something like that. So well, it's so difficult to. And we got hit. We got hit today on our uh, comments uh, on, on some of our Facebook stuff coming from my business page. Somebody has created A3 Archery shirts. Yeah, yeah. You know, and wants to and is trying to sell them on our webs or on our Facebook. And I'm like, really. You know? Yeah, yeah, they do. They've done that to eighth. They've done it to HHA. They've done it to me. They've done it to Sodak. They've done it to so many people and stuff. That's so all you can do is just you just ban them. It's like they're. I don't even know if they actually deliver because it's like I wouldn't even want. I want to give them money because you open up their, the, the the account. It's definitely fake. Well, the bad thing is, if somebody's like, "Oh, A3 gear," because we did just launch a, a bunch of merchandise on the website. Yeah, I was wanting to get like, to that. And, and you know, you get this link. Oh yeah, I'm gonna buy some A3 gear, and they go to it, they buy it. I don't. They're not affiliated to A3. 
you know, but mm-hmm. the next phone call that I get is going to be somebody that spent money on a t-shirt that wasn't A3. Yeah, that's you that's know? the scam that's running through it. It seems to be running pretty rampant with the with the whole aspect of it. TikTok is for bearded butt slackers, shakers, butt shakers. Oh well, I do not. I don't. I don't have a butt, so it's like it's pretty much a board. So it's like you go. You go from the my small my back to my calves. It's like that's how flat it is. You know, Dirk. It's uh, it's another it's another outlet. You know, social media outlet that I think you know we we probably need to eventually get. Um, just not there yet. Oh, definitely. That's the thing where everything's going because the way it looks like right now, Facebook is MySpace. Instagram was Facebook. Snapchat is Vine. So it's like, but it, put it, if you look at this historically wise, that's where they're at in their career. It's like they're coming down the end of it. Uh, it's just it's just the way it all works out because even with um, uh, Rumble, is it's it's got a good platform there. You have Go Wild with um, uh, Brad, Brad Luttrell. Uh, they're based us out, out east and such, but that's they're struggling to keep their app on the on on in the iTunes Store and the Google Play Store too because it's it's teaches it's, uh, it's social media for outdoorsmen, so it's like it's tough. Then the other the other app that I find that's like really kicking ass right now is Fishfin. It's strictly for fishing, but you can do bow fishing and stuff like that on there too. Oh, well, yeah. so that one is like you can set up your own store. Okay. And sell from there. Uh, if you're a guide, you, they don't take a cut from it. So it's like, let's say I want to sign up for A3 Outfitters mm-hmm. and I book a hunt through you. They don't take a cut. They just facilitate, connect you two together. And then, then you pay, then you just distribute from there. So how do they make their money? Is it on a membership? So, yeah, they do a membership. Okay. And then, um, then it, but it's for if you wanted to build store. They don't want people coming there spamming people. So it's like, that's the, that's the, yep. the kicker. And then the, there's all a few different things. And I'm also running a promo code too. It's... Uh, B of A pod, all capitalized. So you, you'll, uh, it unlocks several features that you can choose on it, but it's very smooth running. Uh, when I was talking to Robert, he was said he got his inspiration from uh, Instagram and Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a nice uh, nice marriage of of platforms yeah, but it's very streamlined you can do videos you yeah. can share stuff from there you, you can do you pictures swipe, you swipe left yeah pretty much that's how you that's how you go through each profile oh. but you swipe up to see like so if you post a story you can post up to three images or a couple of uh uh, videos on there, but that's how you swipe up is to, to go through the entire okay. album essentially. Yeah. So for that, and it was, you could book. There's, a, um, I'm trying to get as many people to push onto as possible, so this way then if people have an opportunity to do it. They've every app that you talk to anybody, if, if they've been doing this for more than two years, it's six figures minimum. Oh. Oh yeah. Uh, if you, those who go back and listen to the fish fan, it's like he managed he got a job working for amazon and he met somebody and he pitched them an idea and they had an angel investor and one hundred and fifty thousand dollars later he got uh fish fin nice the toxin he's he's set right around that six figure point a point in time as well so it's a it's a lot oh it's it what's oh hunting stories official that i was just listening to your podcast with um sodak horizons that's that that was a good one right there some of the stories i've heard before but not all of them so Ben was talking about his uh, story. He was out. Um, he told his wife that it's like he had a dream from God, and he was going to shoot a elk, or shoot, excuse me, shoot a speed goat out there in Hell's Canyon at 40 yards at by 8:30 in the morning. And two out of three worked out. It's just the only thing he didn't connect. He first one he overshot it. Second time he shot it, the the uh, speed goat ducked him. 
out there with Dirk for when he did the uh, the veteran giveaway hunt. And it was just like, that's just so funny that he's like, if he just followed, stuck with his gut, he'd have been fine. He would have, he would have put an arrow through it and been done with it. Yeah. It just it just happens. You know, we've all been in those shoes and stuff like that. And he, the whole story of how he approached to it and going up over the bend and ranging it. And, you know, it's just, it's just funny how everything all worked out. The fact that the, if, the, if the third thing would have connected, if the arrow would have connected, it'd been all right on the money. Nice, nice. Uh, let's back up. You, you were talking about the the, the fish fin uh, app, and you mentioned bow fishing, right? Mm-hmm. That is a market that we're currently trying to get into, and I'll, I'll tell you why. So, bow fishing, you know, you're you're putting your bow in the bottom of the boat. You're, you know, you're out there getting it wet. You're, you know, what other fiber would you want other than something that's water resistant, water repellent, and that's what bloodline fiber is. And so we're, we've been really trying to push into that bow fishing market because I think that's a niche, uh, a niche market that people don't really look at um, when they look at bow strings. Sure. But, you know, it, it's just surprising to me as many people as we talk to on a weekly, monthly, you know, basis that have never heard of bloodline fiber. You know, there's, there's still, there's still some untapped, a lot of untapped territory out there to to get the bloodline fiber out there and, and you know um, i think bow fishing is one of those places oh for sure because it's because you i've listed some of the stories from the folks that do do guiding and such and how many times they dry fired a bow even though they're only pulling 30 pounds but it's like it's it's still going to have some side effects to it but at least with a good set of strings you're not going to worry about something going sideways for them but yeah they get beat up all the fun stuff yeah. and, and dirk has he he cut his teeth on uh, uh bow fishing too we yeah. talked about that on our podcast yep yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, Dirk, that's a good point. Um, you know, a lot of people out there, you know, a lot of a lot of bowstring builders don't know that UV light, sunlight is the worst thing for your bowstrings. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, Dyneema does not like UV uh, rays. Um, and so Bloodline puts a UV inhibitor in their coating to protect them. Perfect. I work for a company and out of uh, called Geotech, and they make the big old cross arms. Mm-hmm. So when you're driving down, you see this big old... Uh, uh, Telephone poles, and you see that they're made out of fiberglass. They make those, but they put a UV inhibitor all the way through them and stuff like that just to be able to withstand them because they're, they're, they sell product, they sell their product all across the Southwest. And it's like the only time, and, the, and when they have tornadoes, the profits go up. So the, you know, that's, that's the winning, it's a winning aspect for it. But yeah, that's, so UV inhibitors are a very popular thing these days in outdoor sports to be able to create that longevity. Yep, absolutely. So now, have you? Because I saw you sent out a, a what is it, six strings to uh, on social media here a while back that uh, to a uh, an outfitter. Mm, uh, we send strings out to a lot of outfitters. Okay, so, yeah. I saw there was one more where you sent like six of them out. I wasn't sure if it was to one outfitter or you sent them to to several of them for yeah, them to try it, out. It, it could be, and I don't I don't remember who who they went to. We sent yeah. true. Yep. Because that's, that's the thing that you like down in there in Illinois. They have so many of those Asian carps, the common carps. They're, they're, so, they're all over the place. The reason why they don't have them come up this way is because they, they kill them all. Yeah, they <laughs> kill them. Yeah, they do. <laughs> the, the, oh, there's Seth. Yep, Seth's here. But it was, uh, a couple of years ago, they went through, they shocked a whole bunch of the rivers oh. and stuff like that. And they killed, they took uh, four or five truckloads of them just to stop them from going up north yeah. into, into Minnesota and Iowa and such. Illinois seems to have had them controlled in that little area, kind of like what the, uh, Missouri has been able to keep the hogs from moving into Iowa. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the newest thing is we have uh, 
pigs coming from Canada? Yes. Have you seen that? Yes, they have. They've been trickling into Idaho and northern Montana and stuff. So it's what's so they're competing. Them and the wolves are competing with the with everything. But it's like you get a pack of uh, boars and you get a pack of wolves. It's like those boars can they can they can deal with that. They can deal with that right there. And then they can charge them with those big old tusks and stuff. Man, I would hate to. I would be just waiting for drone footage to come out where a herd of uh, pigs and a pack of wolves go head to head and see who wins that turf war yeah yeah that'd be that'd be an interesting one i just hope they don't uh, work that way canada down into to wisconsin here so well i th- believe that uh, it's probably most likely going to end up happening because uh, justin trudeau and and the, the the communist party up there have gone really hard and removing the gun rights up yeah, there they, they like, have they, you can't even subsistently hunt up there anymore yeah. it's like it's, and I, I was talking to a bear guy here and you can only bring in bows and arrows. You can't even have a sidearm if you're going bear hunting. Wow. So if things go take go thing for the worst, like, well, good luck. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, you know, I, I watched the pig uh, invasion down south. Um, yeah. Um, I'm originally from Louisiana. I grew up in Mississippi. Um, and just seeing what the pigs did down there. I mean, it's destructive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, destroying property, you know, destroying property, uh, just overrunning your your taking everything from your other wildlife i mean it's it's bad um and they still don't have a control on it no exactly even especially i had, I had um john uh i can't remember his last name so my podcast a couple of years ago he started down there in fort benning mm-hmm. and the 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 hogs basically just destroyed the fort down there so they they do their best to try to cull the the herd down there you know we got we got friends in georgia and georgia uh georgia and alabama big peanut country you know they, they you know peanuts grow on the ground they, they mm-hmm. come out they harvest them pecans you know. too yeah, yeah well they, the peanuts grow underground so they, they have to go and, and basically kind of like disc them up till them up and mm-hmm. then, they, then they harvest them like the next day um but you know we watched a five acre five acre field get pulled up and before the farmers could get out the next day the five acres is gone due to hogs mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just absolutely horrible yeah. there's no real way to do them it's like but at michigan at those who are not michigan but missouri the way that uh, they've uh, steve Ronellis had several of those guys come on their podcast and they only do trapping they don't allow hunting season on them and they they have a good trapping season the you their the numbers just kind of depletion go down from there but they've done a really good job of keeping them from moving into the yeah. upper Midwest here because they get into Iowa and they start rooting up all the corn and all the soybeans stuff like and get over to Nebraska. It's like, man, it's going to be downhill. Kind of, it's kind of, kind of helps a little bit is the, the Missouri and the Mississippi kind of yep. funnels them in a sense. Yep, it does. But hey, at least the upside is if, if, uh, if we can't, uh, if, if, we can't uh, if we if we if factory farming dies, we 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 just kind of let the hogs take over, and you know the government can't stop them all. Yep. Because there's the nice thing is there's always going to be that if there's a will there is a way. Right. But I believe from what the people have talking about the the hogs that um, William H. William Wendolph Hearst did back in the turn of the century, 1900, because he he passed away in 1930s or so, but he brought them out there for him to personally hunt, and they just kind of crept their way through Oregon and Washington and making their way up there. Yep. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. Another story. We'll see. Oh, no kidding. It is something else. Now, uh, we've, we talked about PTSD. We've talked about the, uh, we talked about um, ballistica. Now, you, I saw that you had a ballistica uh, crossbow over there. Yeah. So, yeah, we got a couple of them over there. We're, we're trying to work some, some string magic on them currently. So, 
Yeah, because yeah, I'm because I've been seeing Ballistica show up quite a bit in my in my feed and stuff. Obviously, I subscribe to him, so it's going to show up quite frequently. But it's like it's fun to listen to these guys talk about what they've been able to do with their crossbows. I will tell you, you know, we've been shooting them here. We've been testing them. You know, we've done a lot of testing. I think we've that one on the on the bench there. I think we've got about three hundred and something shots through it right now, mm -hmm. and they're just a kick in the crease to shoot. They're just absolute fun. <laughs> Even if you you're not taking them hunting, they're they're just they're fun to shoot. Mm -hmm. You know, they're they're quick to cock, they're quick to load. Um, it, you know, so just the fun is just there. You know, it's not like you're, you know, putting your foot in a stirrup and, and trying to pull back a regular crossbow. I mean, you literally cock this uh, one solid motion. Doesn't take much at all. Uh, and the performance that we that you see out of them is just amazing. Sure, that's exactly right. I've always been a big fan of Skip's uh, crossbows. Mm -hmm. From those right there, watching him take and grab both screens with his hands and cocking him that way, it's like that's just groundbreaking right there. Yeah, well, so those bows are those crossbows are actually they're 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 vertical bows turned mm -hmm. horizontal. Yes. So you know, Skip's took his regular bow, turned it horizontal, and put it on a crossbow you know a crossbow type frame. So those bows are still shooting. You know, they, you can get the poundage up on them, of course, but um, you shoot a regular knock with them and a regular arrow. They don't have to buy specialized bolts, and you mm -hmm. know, so you can use you know regular broadheads. It's it's just a really really cool combination how he, how he did that. They're so, fast. They're light. They they're durable. Yeah. On top of that. Yep, absolutely. So uh, yeah, that's another great one. I haven't shot one since like twenty I think it was 2019, 2018 or twenty nineteen because. Anytime where I see, or see to go talk to Skip, he's, his his booth is just flooded with people. So it's like yeah. I just like say hi, because uh, Steph came, Seth came down to the Iowa Deer Classic, him and Emmy, and we had a chance to talk with him. But there was just stuff to say hi, and just like he's he's, he's working. So it's like a lot so of I'm I, doing new. I spent ATA with Skip in Skip's <laughs> booth, and I can tell you it's it's above busy. It's beyond busy. Um, but we had a lot of fun. We met a lot of people. Uh, we informed a lot of people about Gearhead that didn't know about them, never shot them. Uh, we gave them the opportunity to shoot just whatever bow they wanted to shoot. Um, we had the P30 there, and a lot of people took to that P30, that pivoting limb pocket. You know, really, really people really enjoyed that one. Yeah, that was debuted on this podcast back in October, so that was yeah. pretty. It's pretty special. I thought that was pretty neat. So, is no, we've we pretty much hit on all the topics, even up until the the benefit that's coming up and PTSD. Is there anything else we have coming up in the future that we haven't touched upon yet? Um, you know, in the future, I think we've got uh, we, we've we've been doing some testing with some new fiber. Um, it's not out there yet in all the different colors, but uh, it's going to be geared more to your traditional shooters. Um, and so it'll be waxless Flemish twist bowstrings uh, coming really, really soon. So a uh, whole different product line. Fantastic. I see uh, my friend uh, Wilderness uh, Physical Therapy there, uh, Dr. Uh, he, I met him at the, well, met him through Rob, obviously through Instagram there. And we had, we hung out there at the, the, the Dells there for his, for his business. And he's now in a position where he's absolutely going through and he's, he's traveling with the Mount Archery Fest, going from location to location, trying to build up his repertoire. And he's just got the right set of, on a uh, right mindset for everything he's got going on. He's really focusing on his niche and such. And he helped me with some, doing some planks and uh, cause I've been doing with my, my hip, by the way, if you're listening, if you're still in the in the chat, there yeah, is is doing fantastic. It's actually healed very well because like, it took a fall a couple of years ago. So now it's like I've been working with physical therapists, worked with him for 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 a handful of minutes, and then just continue working from there. Good, good.
Now, uh, since there's nothing else, man. Uh, well, uh, so for those for that have been following me on on the on the socials, there, I got uh, Mountain Archery Fest coming up in nine days. We're going to be I'll be with uh, Trent and uh, Ben from Sodak, so we're going to be out there for the. Uh, th- Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so you'll be out there. We'll be recording podcasts. We'll be doing video. We'll be shooting a whole bunch of stuff. And then I think we're going to probably do, well, do you want to talk about A3 Origins yet, or do you want to? Yeah, we can We can uh, mention it a little bit. Um, yeah, I think Jeff and I, we've been, you know, talking for a bit. Um, we get a lot of questions, you know, where did A3 come from? Um, why did A3 start? So uh, we're going to try to put together a, a series of different podcasts or, or different videos and, and combine it. Um, basically, just say where, where we came from. You know, the short of it is I've been I've been in archery since I was knee high to my dad. Uh, been in the archery shop since I was ten. Um, so archery has just been a way of life, and you know, kind of how I how we went from there to you know how the wife and I got here uh, and all of our trials and tribulations you know, getting here. I think it's a, it's a unique story. And I think it's one worth hearing. For sure. And then uh, for those who, um, I, my idea is that, I don't know if anybody's watched the first 40 from HJ Sports, that six-part series was done phenomenally well. The listening to the arc between Chris, Brother Brian, Jake Mansell, and all that fun stuff. And then uh, a, a, a friend of the podcast, uh, Caden, he is battling uh, cancer right now. There, if you go on my page, there are several uh, posts regarding GoFundMe. So if you have a moment to contribute to his GoFundMe, it'd be fantastic. But he's been on the podcast twice. Humble kid, hardworking. He just started working for NASCAR last year, and he was he, well two years ago as an intern. Then he then he then last year was his first full year, and now this year it's dealing with cancer. I mean, he's just a young kid. He's he's 21, 22. He's maybe he's a little older than that, but he's not, he's in his mid twenties, but he's just a great kid. I've gotten to shoot with them. We've, we've spilled some, talked about some stories, drank some beer and uh, fried up some fish a few times. Yeah. Now that's a, that's a, a, you know, cancer is just a a bad word in our household. Uh, I saw, I saw your, your uh, fuck cancer out there and on there. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yep. Yep. Bad word. So. It is. It is. My my uh, my father-in-law is battling right now. He got diagnosed with B-cell lymphoma back in November, and now it's it's spread to his spine, into his brain, into his eyes. So either he's he's taking radiation. He starts radiation. He's doing. He's still doing chemo. So it's he's he's uh, he's got a goal in mind. You yeah. Know? Uh, and you got to keep that. You know. Um, don't let it get you down. That's exactly right. I have a friend of mine who was in my wedding. His dad. Uh, was almost done with cancer, but his his spirit was broken, and, and that that depression came in and ate him up, and he's no longer here. But I uh, you know it's 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 one of those weird things where you could see the light of the tunnel, but if your mind is not there, your spirit's not there, it's like you can fall into a deep depression and die from, like they said, like broken heart. Yep, absolutely. Man, it's 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 amazing what you need to do to take care of one's mental health and those who are having difficulties connecting to the spiritual realm i highly recommend introducing turmeric black pepper to your into your life because that'll break down the calcification from fluoride and mm. and it'll, it'll, that that blocks your pineal gland okay. and you'll find you know, like i have a friend of mine um nate uh, mathweg he, he shoots a3 strings shoots for dart and shoots for hj and i he started introducing it too and his connection with god and his spirituality is definitely 
uh, I've gotten stronger over the last couple of years and definitely for myself too as well. It's amazing what you do when you, when you bring in the Lord into your life. It just makes things, things really do prosper when you have that in aspect in your life. Yep, I would agree. Things, things start laying out and coming together. Yeah, it's just, and when you, when you look at it, there's no such thing as coincidence that after, after you fully embraced it. Yep. And, you know, we, we, we do that daily. You know, everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, and instead of letting things get you down, you know, treat them as an adventure. Life is an adventure. My, my wife says it all the time. Life. Sure. So. It's a great, that's, that's why I started doing the podcast. And here we are today, five years later. Five, yeah, five years later. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, I want to say thank you for everybody for tuning in the chat on YouTube, on Instagram, on YouTube. This podcast will be out on Wednesday. This stuff will be streaming from after we close up tonight. But I want to say thank you for tuning in. Um, and make sure you go follow Brent on all the social media. And uh, go buy his strings because you will not regret it, guaranteed. Yep, a3archery.com, and uh, don't forget to use PTSD uh, as your promo code. Um, there's some good things that we're going to do uh, 1st of July with, with some of those sales. So Perfect. Thank you.